1: the gatekeeper
2: to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing, and with me, as usual, my co-host from across the pond, the great, late, Richard Billet. I'm still alive, honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> just, just make the show. You, you're to the last air on your chin-chin-chin. You're a just get here. <laughs> oh,
3: my. Besides, I've got phone trouble. Um... Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with our phones. Something's chewing the line, and, um, and not, that's the truth, honestly. It's not
2: your son again, is it?
3: No, it's not my son this time, and it's not Charlie <laughs> the Ghost Finder either. So I don't know, but the fabulous thing about it is, Ron, that when anything ever happens with electrics, and you're doing a ghost show of any sort, all you need to put it down to is the paranormal.
2: There you go. Hey, I, oh,
3: actually, I, think a, go
2: I actually have a pretty cool ghost story for you that happened to me just
3: last night. Come on, tell me.
2: Uh, as you know, we got a new book, Ghost Chronicles. Our original book is out, and it's available everywhere. <laughs> but we have a new book we're working on, and I was uh, typing away on the computer. Then all of a sudden, you know, I would type words in, but instead of the words I type in, other words would show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was pretty weird. But, and then all of a sudden, I just about completed the thing, and then it started erasing it letter by letter. It went d- 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 It just kept going and going. I'm hitting delete, (laughs) escape, everything else. Thought a button was stuck or something. No luck. Uh, I actually called my wife. I said, look at this. And it was just in front of me. So it was so funny because I was talking to uh, the girl that does my website. And I told her a story. And, of course, she always knows that uh, there's always a lot of weird stuff with the paranormal. And she was telling me that at work, uh, where she was, the same thing was happening to her. She would put words in. And then other words would come in, and then eventually it started typing itself. So, <laughs> tell me, big big question. Then, did, I mean, were any of the words
3: um, relevant? Did they did they mean anything, or, or or was it sort of pure gobbledygook?
2: You know what it is, Richard. I didn't even think about it uh, when it was oh, no. happening. No, because I was typing it in. I looked, and looking, I said, "Oh, that's not right." So I I just erased. I thought I typed it in wrong, and then I kept. Oh, what a shame. Oh, if I had written them down, are you kidding me? I'm kicking myself so
3: much. Ah, yeah, because you don't, I mean, without being funny, uh, I mean, I actually, I, I know of a, a, a most amazing uh, poltergeist case in, in Scotland that um, I, I really need to go back and, and do something about. And apparently there's, there's a ghost of a little girl that was killed in a car crash. Um, really? in Scotland, not many years ago, not that long ago, in, uh, I think in the late 1970s, and she actually uh, emails people um, <laughs> and, and, and actually sends messages uh, both by phone and by email on the computer from the other side.
2: Oh, that is so cool.
3: Now then, and I was actually with a gentleman, this is well over a year ago so I was with him, uh, and he was telling me the story, and he absolutely blew my mind. And he's a very, very credible guy that's, that's done a lot of investigation. The story hasn't broken at all yet, and I really need to go back and, and talk to him some more. Uh, that would be, because, well, have
2: him on the show. That would be awesome.
3: Oh, do you know, it would be, it would be beyond, because this, this guy is, is um, he, he's in, I believe him to be in his 70s. Uh, okay. Very credible person. Not, oh, not so the sort it, of so person he, that would make... He's about your age then, right? I'm <laughs> our age, if you don't mind. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we are uh, the same age, aren't we? We are indeed, yes. We are indeed. <laughs> are you ready for Christmas?
2: Uh, yeah, I am trying. I am trying. I'm put- I just sent out my newsletter, and it has uh, three Christmas ghost stories in it. So, yeah, I've got my Christmas Post nice picture on there and a Christmas email. and So if you're on our mailing list, you'll be getting there. At, uh, Sounds good to me. Yeah, uh, but I actually... Mentioned something about Scotland. Did you ever hear of the uh, NBR 224?
3: That doesn't mean a thing.
2: Does it? No. Northern uh, British Railway uh, engine locomotive, also called the Diver? No. No, it's a famous... I'm I'm uh, interested. Famous uh, uh, accident that hurt over the Tay Firth, uh, if I'm saying that right. A locomotive uh, plunged into the, uh, the bridge, collapsed uh, the T-Firth Bridge and it collapsed.
3: And oh yes, yes,
2: yeah. And I, uh, I didn't know what it was called, and I didn't se- know its number, but, but I,
3: I've, I've known something. I've heard of
2: it, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, seventy-five coast? people died, and uh, supposedly it happened on December twenty-eighth, which is not that far away. And oh, no. they say if you go to that spot, you will see the uh, spectral lights of uh, the locomotive and hear the brakes screeching and the screams of the people as they fell into the firth.
3: My goodness me. No, I didn't know that, but I, I would... When, when, 28th? Yep. Oh, could I do it? Could I do it? I'd love to be there on the day. I, I tell you what, though, talking about that, um, I'm rather um, pleased you mentioned that because I'm, I'm not so sure, you know, about this, this anniversary ghost business.
2: Yeah, I, I me mean too. So.
3: Be, because, uh, I mean, obviously,
2: it, it, as I've
3: said to you before, time is time is, is the time is now that's all there really is time time's man made isn't it and 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 we've got different calendars um, and I often wonder how how it can be you know is it, is it the
2: is it the day is it the date um, does the I, ghost know I, I think the ghost uh if 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 there is such thing as a anniversary haunting. I think mm. it is something that the ghost chooses on its own because you and I know that the the same day is is not mm. uh, the same day every year. It's, it's it's different because of, you know, leap year and well I mean we don't yeah. want to go into it. I mean but
3: No exactly, but they're all yeah. and then old ones it's yeah. Even worse, because you've got the Julian calendar and the Gregorian Correct. calendar. Correct. And, and England was 11 days behind the Europe until 1700 and something. So, yeah, it's a bit... Uh, but is it perhaps more like the, the atmosphere being the same
2: uh, at that time of maybe year? Maybe it is. Maybe, you know, maybe they are aware of the physical date. Maybe they can see, for instance, the calendar, and they say, oh, my God, that's the date of uh, whatever. I don't know. Mm. I really don't. Let's I, do a reenactment. I, I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, There's who so knows.
3: much we don't know, isn't there, wrong?
2: Right. So, anyways, I think we have some interesting guests. Uh, oh, we
3: have got some interesting guests. Really? Oh, my goodness. Do you want Wait, to yeah, tell no, us no, about
2: them? No. Yeah. Sorry? Do you want to tell us about them?
3: I'd love to tell you about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris and Eleanor uh, Thompson, they work, they work with me. They, they are um, a, a paranormal team. They're, they're husband and wife. They're both, um, well... Psychic mediums, call it call it what you will, they'll tell us more about it themselves. Uh-huh. Um, and they are, in my opinion, as good as you'll get. I'll be very honest with you. Really? Um, they they manufacture their own equipment. Um, they're not just into sort of electronic stuff, but they, they're, they're into making their own stuff. And um, surprisingly enough, without me knowing anything about it, a few months ago, they appeared on... on Prime time BBC TV at nine o'clock on a Sunday night uh, on a program called the Jeremy Paxman Show, which, which is t- dealing with the Victorians. And I didn't even know they were on it. And wow, I mean, they. they well, let's talk to them, shall we? Are you there, okay. guys?
0: Yes, we are.
2: Great. to
0: Hello. Yeah. Nice to be here.
2: Well, so, why don't you tell us, I mean, uh, you guys are both, what do you call yourselves, mediums or psychics?
0: Um, Psychics in the Victorian sense. Okay.
3: But they're not Victorians, they're actually younger than us. Os- <laughs> oh,
2: they are? Oh. Yeah! I, I, I don't know, I thought maybe this reincarnation stuff that they were, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Uh, on. Expl- explain, explain to us, uh, Chris or Eleanor, because I mean the fabulous thing is that, that whenever, whenever I'm with with Eleanor, she she the first thing she says to people is she's not really sure whether she's actually psychic or whether she's psychotic. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm not well,
4: sure not either. <laughs> <laughs> the we call ourselves psychic, but in the original meaning of the word, the word psychic was actually invented in Victorian times. He described a Scottish medium called Daniel Douglas Hume, who was a physical medium but could do a lot more and was totally different and never debunked as being fake like a lot of the other mediums. So they, invited a different, they invented a different name for him called Psychic because he was one step above the mediums. He was slightly different, and he turned other things and people into mediums to communicate. Okay. Oh, okay. So,
2: Have you heard
3: – you know about Daniel uh, – do you know about him uh, – uh, Ron, or,
2: or? No, that was that was going to be my question. Yeah, I, I really, this is the first time I'm hearing that name. Oh, come on, Eleanor, tell us more.
4: He was, uh, he was actually a Scottish medium who did a lot in America. I, ca- I think it was New York. He was in a building on the third floor and he levitated out of one window, along yeah. and back to the next window. Get out. <laughs> he did. And he did. never ever debunked what he did. Nobody ever found anything that he did fake. He used to be able to levitate to the ceiling during a seance, but nobody found anything fake with him. They're not saying he was genuine, they just said he wasn't fake.
2: What, what, uh, what, what time period was that? About the
0: uh, 1840s, late 1840s.
2: Okay, because I was thinking about uh, Harry Houdini. As uh, You guys must know that uh, Harry Houdini was the great debunker uh, of mediums and psychics.
0: Oh yes, yes, definitely. And uh, let's face it, a lot of them uh, are fake, or were fake in those days.
2: Well oh, yeah, especially back then. Were fake,
3: and are fake today.
0: <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> to
2: You're giving names, uh, Richard? Is, is that what no, I No, I'm not giving any
3: names <laughs> at all. I <laughs> no, I don't want any lawsuits, thank you very much, but, uh, uh, <laughs> But, no, there are, but we know that. But listen, guys, there's a lot of fakes and there's a lot of charlatans in the banking world, <laughs> especially in the banking world at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, shopkeepers and garage owners and everything else. It's part of human nature, I'm afraid. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, so it's- how... Sorry, Alan, I mean, so, so this, I mean, how on earth... I mean, we're obviously talking energies. I mean, do, do you believe that he really did... Um, Ma- ma- managed to levitate uh, um, genuinely. I
4: don't know. I know that we've had a seance at the jail where we've had somebody levitate during one of our communication circles. Not mm. one of us, but one of the get one of the customers actually levitated a foot off the floor and was seen by fourteen people doing so.
2: Really?
3: Yeah. You see, they're they my my resident uh, team at Derby Jail. Um, all the the the, the, the overnight. Uh, events, the vigils, and all that sort of stuff that we do down at Derby Jail. Chris and Eleanor are there all the time, and we have—I'm not—I'm not doing a plug for the, for the place or anything like that. But we have people keep, that keep coming back and paying money to, to come back and do more events with Chris and Eleanor because they're because they're so blown away with with, with the events that happen. With, with them during the night I, I mean, a, a particular instance because obviously i mean we we, it, it, we entertain people we obviously they get a meal they have, we have a bar there as well, and we get a lot of people a lot of uh, emails phone calls from people afterwards who who ring us or let us know and say, uh, my husband only came with me because." Because we got a bar there. He's only interested <laughs>
2: in the spirits
3: behind the bar, to be honest with you. But after he had had a night with with Chris and Eleanor at your your jail, he's become a believer. And it happens frequently. Really?
2: Yes. That's right, isn't it, guys? Yes.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, We've me, once. I, I've got to ask this because now, now you you both are psychics. Uh, psychic. Uh, you both work for Richard and you work uh, all extensively in this this jail, right? So, I mean, is it the same old, same old? Uh, do the spirits there know you? I mean, what is the reaction versus somebody who just goes there for the first time?
4: The spirits actually know us, and we know what buttons to push to get the spirits to actually participate and join in. But someone that goes there for the first time, it depends very much on how open they are. I'm a believer that the human mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work at all unless it's open. So if they're open-minded, whether they're a believer or a a non-believer, if they are open for an experience, they have an experience. In a lot of cases, we have the same thing happen week in, week out, from people from all over the country, all over the world. And there's either one very big set of jungle drums, where Everyone's telling each other what happens or it's really happening
3: interesting it, it's very interesting it really is absolutely uh, quite, quite amazing they 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 have a following uh you know this, second to none. to be honest with you people keep coming back people follow them we do other events around the country as well uh not just like, Darby like dudley, dudley
2: castle
3: dudley castle yes. yes prime example uh dudley castle barclay castle uh we've got you know new events um, Organised for next year, and again when when they're there, I, I don't know. It's, it's obviously well. Hang on, they're mediums or psychics. You know, they they are the the sort of um, the agent, if you like. I think that that, that attracts um, some of the spirits. I think because you see, they have a very a very. I'm, I'm doing a lot of plugging here for them. They, they have a very obviously they have open minds, but they they have ideas very different to to, to what other people have. To be quite honest with you. Um, for instance, they were the ones, if you remember, that when we had all the problems over um, living with the dead, with that email, you know, sent out to the, to the, to the mediums or the psychics beforehand, uh, you know, it was Chris and Ellen that came along and said, well, of course they need to know before they go in to do an exorcism. They need to do their research before they go to the building. Uh, you know, this isn't about let's test the medium. This is about getting rid of, of, of spirits that, that are there that shouldn't be there. Um, that's right, isn't it, Eleanor?
4: It certainly is. You can't work with a rosary and a prayer book if you're getting rid of a Sikh or a Muslim or an atheist. <laughs> hey, you see, what about
2: that? I'm not touching it. <laughs> 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 I but isn't anyway, that. But is not
3: true, you know. It, you know, you can't exercise a Muslim with, 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 you know, if you bring a Catholic priest in. So you say. So we say, no, they say, don't you? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. I
4: believe if you want your plum, you want your uh, free uh, washing machine plumbing in your kitchen, you wouldn't call an electrician to do it. <laughs>
2: I, I don't agree with you on that. I, I think it can be done, but that's just me. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, think it's intent, I think it's intent more than uh, anything else. and uh, You know, religion, certainly, the religion of the ghost has nothing really to do with... Uh, the haunting in itself, and, and anyway, so that's just
3: my opinion. Oh, I do. I disagree so I much with you there. I know you would. I know you would. I disagree so much. I think. I think. Obviously, you know me. You know. You know about the book. You know. Um. You know. I think religion has played a very big part in in, in, in a certain amount of hauntings. Uh, because I agree. people and, fear and a certain
2: moving. On. I believe it does have an effect yeah. on it. But I, I, as far as we're talking about exorcism. I think that the intent is more important than uh, the religion of the spirit.
3: Really, but I mean, genuinely, just think about it. If you've got a, uh, if you've got a, well, someone from a different religion uh, that that believes very different. I mean, let's let's take a Hindu, for instance, that has has a a very different uh, outlook on religion to to a Christian or 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 to, to a Catholic. I would say, you know, I mean, they wouldn't even understand. Uh, the Spirit wouldn't even understand what a a Catholic or or even a a, a Church of England um, Anglican uh, priest would be doing by sort of um, uh, blowing out a candle, ringing a bell, and and slamming a Bible shut, which of course is actually excommunication.
2: But look at it this way. If you were, for instance, uh, a Frenchman, Yes. Okay, and you had, uh, oh, God, I, I forget that. I don't, you can't even remember what kind of guns they carry. But say you, you say you had a Blunderbuster, okay? Yes. yes. And, and you met an Englishman yes. with a semi-automatic, all right? Yes. <laughs> now, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be afraid of it, even though you don't understand that gun?
3: Yeah, but I think being afraid is is, is the whole crux of, of why ghosts are still here. And I think that, well, that's that it's the time we got I, rid of the fear. About, we're,
2: we're talking about exorcism. We're not talking about... I'm saying that to move them out of a particular location, I mean, that would certainly... Uh, uh, you know, if they're not... Yeah. A, you know, they can be afraid of it is what I'm saying. It, it doesn't yeah, matter they whether they understand it, it as long as they fear it. Hey.
3: Yeah, I think, that's, that's, I think that is the crux of the matter with religion, with Christianity and various other things, that it's time that the fear factor went. Um, in other words, you can blow them away with your blunderbuss, um, but because you've blown them away, it doesn't mean that they've, you've blown them to where they need to go. You've just blown, blown them to kingdom come um, through, you know, well, with fear, not with fear, with, with, with the blast from the gun. Uh, and I, I just think that they, they'll come back again.
2: But they could move on elsewhere.
4: Thinking, they could move on elsewhere. We find in a lot of X's and cases, we find that you treat them with respect. You're going on with information that they'll understand. You have far less problems in getting in persuading them to leave the property and move on to the next level. Hmm. They don't cause as many problems for the family in the house. They don't move on to another house and cause more problems elsewhere. They move on where they're supposed to move on because you've treated them with respect and gone in with something that they understand. Not necessarily believe in, but understand.
3: Interesting. In other words, the blunderbuss just blows them out of that house into somebody else's right. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> sort of thing. But that's that's very unfair for the people whose house they've now taken over. Yeah. I, I, th- I, think, I think there needs to be... A, a, a much 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 bigger understanding of of what what it is, what a ghost is, why they're there, uh so that we can as, as I believe Chris and Eleanor are doing, treat them with with the understanding and respect that they they actually need and deserve
4: right well, and if, if, it's a but person, if, that's what you do you treat but, them with the respect that you want to be treated with
2: but if if, if really aren't doing an exorcism then? if you're doing it with understanding and so forth, because an exorcism, and in, in it's in the term itself, means drive out. So you're not really driving a spirit out. You're, you're really maybe reasoning with it and telling it to leave or, or go to the light leading or whatever. You're leading it out, so yeah, really out Ron. It is really you're taking not it ex- by the
3: hand'
2: it's really not an exorcism.
3: No, you're taking it by the hand, treating it with the, with the respect and and. Love, love is the word, and feeling that that it, that it deserves, that it expects, and, and taking it or helping it to move on to where it needs to go. It's exactly the same as a guy coming into a shop, right? If you don't want him in there, you know, for whatever reason, the worst thing on earth to do is to start is to is to leap over the counter and grab hold of him and try and push him out of the shop because he'll probably smack you in the mouth. But if you asked him very nicely to leave the shop because you're, he's bothering your customers or something like that, there's every possibility he might just go. Right. Surely. Right. I think. Yeah. I keep saying that. But
2: that's, that's my opinion. I don't know if Chris
3: Nallner will agree with me.
2: I, I actually have to bring up one other point, too, that we're talking about. Uh, how come we don't see ghosts from an earlier time periods? for instance, Native American yeah. ghosts and everything, because it doesn't mean yeah. it's a religious thing. Well, on uh, Ghost Chronicles Live on Wednesday night, uh, we had a, uh, a ghost hunter from Hawaii, and who was also actually a Native American of Hawaii, and mm-hmm. there are Hawaiian ghosts. There are. Mm-hmm. That's good. So there that's you go. good,
3: because that's what I want to hear. I, I, I need to know more about, you know, about their cultures, and the only way to do that is, is to travel... It's for me to travel the world <laughs> oh,
2: <that's>, that, <laughs> and talk that, to them. That's a tough job, Richard. I'm glad uh, you've uh, stepped up to them. Yeah, but listen, the problem is, you see,
3: I haven't got that long left. <laughs> before I'll know, I will, and then I'll know all.
1: But uh, will yeah. I be allowed
3: to come back and tell everybody or not? Yeah, well, you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think we may be going together? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I'll well, I, I tell, tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Chris and Eleanor, Eleanor has actually referred, she has said about me, she she said that I am going to haunt. Right, Hello. isn't it, Eleanor?
4: Yes. You've I know, you, I know you're haunt
3: me
2: now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> You've got the sort of personality that leaves a mark on and, uh, things and has an effect on people. So, yes, yeah, you're the type of person, that an energy that will haunt. Not necessarily as a spirit, but as a ghost, you will definitely haunt.
3: So... So for the rest of eternity, uh, I will be wandering around the streets of Derby when ghost walks are going on. Uh, following, oh my goodness me, that's not good, is it?
0: You'll probably still or be doing, me? Richard. Sorry, you'll probably still be doing the ghost walks.
3: Could you could you imagine, Ron, how fantastic that would be if you actually had a ghost walk <laughs> that was led by a ghost?
2: Right. Well, isn't that that's like the Slimer character in uh, Ghostbusters? Uh, is is it? No, yeah. Do you know I've never seen it? Oh, my God. You got it with
3: the best one. especially the I, I'm birthday. sorry. Great. Absolutely great. I have never seen Ghostbusters. brilliant Ghost- film. No, never seen it. Now then. I well, just I, get the impression that it's too silly. But, um, you know. No. Stop it. Anyway, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I have a great question for the guest. Now, uh, they are married, correct? Yes. Okay. How? So this must have been so, so easy to know that they were going to marry each other, right? They were, both they were nice. teenage sweethearts. So they knew right from the start that they were the ones, right? Yeah, Guys?
4: Yes, from the minute we saw each other. We knew we'd end up together.
2: Okay. I don't
4: and know that- how we knew. Pardon me? We don't know how, we just knew. The minute oh, okay. we set eyes on each other, just, some, we just got drawn together immediately.
0: Chemistry. Now
2: when you work together, you uh, let me ask you this, do you pick up the same spirits or do you pick up different spirits at times?
0: It varies. Sometimes we pick up on the same thing, other times we pick up on different ones. But we try and sort of act as opposite poles of a magnet, if you like.
2: Okay. So, I mean, for instance, Chris, if you are seeing a spirit of a little boy and uh, your wife is seeing a spirit of a woman, um, how can I say this? Can you, through each other, interact the two spirits?
0: Oh, yes, yes. No problem at all. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, Ellen's the woman, so she generally wins anyway.
4: <laughs> <coughs> I'm outnumbered. I'm saying nothing.
2: <laughs> I, I've never known a woman not to say anything. <laughs> I've never known Ellen not
3: say anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've got to ask you, uh, you have been throwing the, the Derby Ghost. Uh, tours or investigations with uh, Richard for quite a, quite a while, or for a while. Um, what have you found the most interesting facet of the Derby jail?
4: It's got to be his resident jailer, and the fact that he <laughs> and he absolutely hates Richard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does
4: not Oh yes, he keeps trying to throw Richard out of the jail.
2: Really? Yeah. Well, we're going to have to hear more about this, but we have to take a break right now. And uh, you are listening to the Ghost Chronicles International with the Ghostbinder General himself, Mr. Richard Felix, and Ron Kolick, New England's own Van Helsink. And we'll be right back after the following messages on TokiNet.
0: Welcome to TokiNet, radio with a cutting edge. Family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The parents' family—they're
1: strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite rule. It's time to run. To- Coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Colwell and Corey Colwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with Green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online too at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information. The newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey Wednesdays at noon central time starting November 4th on Toginet.com. We are back. You are listening to
2: Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick. And our very special guest is Chris. I don't know your last name,
3: Chris. Chris and Eleanor. And um,
2: and Eleanor,
3: my my very own. My, they're not mine at all. But I mean, they, uh, t- Eleanor, Chris. T- t- ex- we'll we'll talk a little bit more, obviously, about um, our illustrious friend that 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 was the longest-serving jailer at Derby Jail. But just explain to to. To, well, to everyone out there, how, how we sort of came together and how, what it was all to do with Thomas Hopkinson, wasn't it?
4: It was. We watched a television programme uh, nine years ago, maybe maybe longer, close on nine, ten years ago. Made at the jail by an American company about the lady who spent the night in the cell on her own. Now, at the yeah, time we right. were watching a film and the channel changed itself on the television for no reason. We got fascinated by it and had to find the jail. And we've been going there a while, where, and we started a team and been investigating it, when I think you were talking to us, and um, the, the Penny Dreadful skewed on the wall, if you remember, Thomas Hopkinson's. And all that right. Chris and I both heard was, that's me, and that's the Thomas yeah. Hopkinson. Chris picked up as a teenager in a church crypt. Do you want to read your board?
3: Wow. Really? Now, for anybody that doesn't understand, a, a Penny Dreadful is, is actually um, a, a, a sheet of paper that was, uh, uh, someone that was to be executed uh, in any jail, either in England or or in America or anywhere else, Uh, before the execution took place, uh, the local newspaper always used to come along and interview them. Uh, And they they would write down their whole story, their life story, uh, everything that happened about them, what they'd done, the crime they'd committed, and everything else, and they would print it. uh, And they would actually sell it for a penny a sheet at their public execution. It was like cool. a, it was like a program for a, um, well, for a meatloaf concert or something like that that we sell now. But in those days, it was for a public execution, and it was a penny, and it was pretty dreadful. And so it was called a penny dreadful. And we've got we've got a whole series of them, Ron, um, uh, from our local studies library, um, telling the the stories of the all the poor poor unfortunate people that were executed in, in front of Dartby Jail, including really? this poor lad. Well, he wasn't a poor lad, yeah. Th- Thomas Hopkins, he was only 20 when they hanged him. Yeah. And he's he's still with you, isn't he, Eleanor?
4: He still is. He's got no intention of leaving, from what he tells us.
3: And, and he's the chap, really, that, that was almost almost responsible for, for us meeting, wasn't it? Or, you know, certainly for you coming to Derby Jail.
4: Yeah, he okay. got us to the jail, yeah. When we met you again after several years. We knew you when you sold us records, Richard.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> oh God, that's that's in my my previous life, of course.
0: And <laughs> my previous life as well, Richard. Oh dear, that's the trouble,
3: Ron. When you get to our age, you know there's so many things happened.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just want to know more about this jailer dude that doesn't like you. I mean, he sounds like my type of guy. Oh, (laughs) yeah, well, yeah, it is Christmas,
3: you know, season of goodwill and all that. Oh, yeah, I forget. (laughs) Yeah, 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 come on, tell us all about him, guys. Well,
0: Richard has this uh, nasty habit of saying that he owns the jail, and I'm afraid Mr. Simpson seems to disagree (laughs) with that.
4: Richard will stand there and say, this is my jail, I run this jail. And Mr. Bly Simpson was a jailer for 33 years living. He uh, retired from the job, died shortly afterwards, and came straight back. And he's been there ever since. And he feels he still runs a jail. And whenever Richard says, I run this jail, next time Richard's on a table, it will get walked into the condemned cell, out the corridor, to the back. He's even tried to climb up the steps to where we hang them.
3: Really? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, honestly, Ross. Some of the things that have gone on, you you, you, you wouldn't believe it. Um, can you hear me okay, by the way? Because I've got the most terrible crackling on my phone.
2: You sound fine, Richard.
3: You can't hear it? Eh,
2: don't worry
3: I'll, about it. Say again. You can't we hear it. That's we fine. don't hear it. I'm sorry, it's so long. No, and and I I hope the the listeners can't hear it, but uh, I'm having serious problems because I I can only just hear what's going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, Blythe Simpson, longest-serving jailer at at, at Derby Jail, and, and, I mean, I I just made this comment one day, look, I pay the rent here, you know, (laughs) because I rent the building, you see, and I said, so I command here, I I run it, I own it, and and I'm afraid ever since I did it, um, he's. And he's appeared to people, he's, appeared, he's come through in seances, uh, and all sorts of things. But when I'm, when I'm at the jail doing an event, um, he seems to make, he seems to make a beeline for me, uh, and, 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 and tries to, to sort of walk me or march me out of the building when, I'm on a table, you know, with the, ta- the table starts to move. And, and, and Chris and Anna have got this, this amazing, um, not a very big table, a light sort of table. They bought from an antique shop uh, a few years ago. And, and it walks like nobody nobody would believe it. I, I, I've seen it walk upstairs, Right. I mean, oh, yeah, it It, 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 it lies itself. To... I'll tell you very quickly a, a, a story. We, we, I go to a place, we, we go to um, Barclay Castle, a um, very haunted place in, in, in Gloucestershire, and it's where King Edward II Second was murdered, um, horrendously murdered, by his wife, um, uh, Queen uh, Isabella, the She-Wolf of France. Uh, And he had the death of a dog. And we we actually had this table in the room where the king was murdered. And and we we actually asked if it could show us where the king died. And it it walked itself over to, to this spot in the room and laid itself down. Look, I, when I say la- I mean, lady, it didn't fall over. We were it. It gently laid itself down on us on the spot where, where according to the seance or, or the table, there, the king died. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It, it, it's unbelievable. But anyway, back to Blythe Simpson. Back to the to the jailer.
2: Um, well, 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 one, one, question, one quick question on on the table now. Yes. When you say this, now I assume that you, you rested your fingers on the top of the. Table. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah,
3: three or four or five people on top of the table, uh, and and it, it, but it, it oh, the things it does, the way it does it, it's so, for want of a better word, unnatural. Right. It, it's, it's just not. You know, it's no. I mean, we're, you're genuinely. I mean, you know, no, no one is. No one is doing it. Um. It, it's and and nobody, nobody can make it walk upstairs. Right. It is the energies from, you know from us and and i believe a spirit that, that's sort of coming through us that's causing it to do it but but the thing is that when i'm at the jail he, he just wants to get me out and and, and i've been what it walks and it seems to come round. and, and i'll tell you the best bit of it all um chris and ellen are never ever go on the table do you no
0: no we never no. touch
3: it they stay off the table so that, that no one be, you know so that we know it's not them right that's influencing it. And, and, and while I'm on the table, because again, let's be honest, I'm people are having a good night down there and, and the, the one person to benefit from all of this, let's be honest, is me. And so I always, while I'm doing it, take my hands off the table and say, look, guys, look, it's still moving. It's still working. It's still walking. Um, it's, it's not me that's doing it. And then I put my hands back on. And it continues. But it marches me down the corridor and out of the door. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, Have we got footage of it? Have we filmed it, guys?
0: Uh, I think there is some footage about somewhere, yes. I'll have to get it sorted out.
3: It would be really, really, really good for us to put that on, on either the website or... Facebook or, or actually on um, um, YouTube or something like that. But honestly, Ron, it, it's, it's, it's genuine, and, and it fre-
2: <laughs> freaks me out.
3: It really does.
2: My first experience with uh, table tilting uh, or whatever they want to call it yeah. Um, yeah. was at the con- contact, a conference we ran at the uh, Haunted Hoot Mansion, and oh, yeah. we actually had a couple of witches from Salem up on this event, and Mario was involved and a couple of other people, and we used a heavy table, and this they put their fingers on the top, and this table rose up and actually flew. I mean, the, the people were running with the table no. to keep up with it. Oh, yes, it was amazing. And it was flying, and then it, so finally someone tripped and then it fell down. And then they, they still uh, did the chanting and everything, and then the table righted itself. It was, it was interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm aware of what you're talking about. It's,
3: uh, so it's all four legs off the table. It, it, yeah. it was off the floor. Oh,
2: absolutely! Planting, Flying, hovering. they were—they were actually, you know, chasing it. And you were
3: there. You saw it.
2: I did. I was not on the table. I was just witnessing that. It. It wow! Because,
3: because, guys, I mean, there are ways, aren't there? The Victorians did have ways of of actually causing this to happen, didn't they?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all you've got to do is put a small pin in the table. That uh, can't be seen and have a little groove cut into a ring that you've got on your finger. Put the oh, yes. ring over the pin, and then you can pick the table up.
2: Yeah, <coughs> yeah. There's all you know. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, Houdini uh, mm-hmm. uh, actually spelled a lot of this uh, mediumship stuff that was done back in the uh, beginning of the spiritualism.
3: Yeah, yeah. See, everything had to be done in the dark, didn't it? Which is a shame. But we, we, I tell you what, the fascinating thing about our, our friend, uh, Blythe Simpson, it, it is that he actually follows me around, doesn't he, guys?
0: Uh, yes. When well uh,
4: invited to.
0: <laughs> he'd been thrown out for certain pub in York rhyme as well. And when <laughs> you you're walking up the street is... morning with a table. <laughs> you
4: explained to the police that you're stone cold sober. <laughs>
3: true. I mean, they, because they always, before leaving, before, you know, I, I usually pick them up and take them up to York because we do an event in the Golden Fleece uh, in York, which is most, probably the most haunted uh, pub in, in, in the centre of York. And and because they go to the jail first, I presume that's what it is, I usually pick them up or, or I meet them there and they take me and and, and he seems to come with them. It's true, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. We just tell him we're
4: working with you that night. <laughs>
3: And I mean, I tell you what, here's, here's something because I don't know about this. I mean, he doesn't come in the car, does he?
2: Yes. No. <laughs> no, he no, does not come again. It was rather cold
4: in the car last time we went.
3: Really? Yes.
2: Like yes. what? Sorry, carry on. This this is uh, simply amazing. So you you guys actually sent them in the car with with uh, Richard and yourself?
0: Yes. Yes, yes. But yeah, having we'll said that, again. we're skeptical, yeah. mediums. We're not actually sure whether it's the spirit of life Simpson we've got with us or something that, through using the table for over such a long period, is it the table itself that's become haunted?
2: Oh, well, interesting. All the energy in the table itself, correct?
3: Oh, sorry.
0: I mean
3: See, why, can't po- he, why, why can't he travel <laughs> Why can't he travel in another way? <laughs> why does he
4: have to come in the car with me? Ha <laughs> <you like> <laughs> Uh I think that's because he's not trusted elsewhere because when, when we first met Mr Simpson he just wanted to cause trouble, was actually trapped at the jail. Right. It's since he's proved that he doesn't want to hurt the living, but he's happy to just play with them and upset the nasty ones. He the nasty ones around. That he's been allowed fr- a little more freedom by the other spirits at the jail, but he was actually trapped at the jail when we first met him.
2: So he was grounded there.
4: Yes, he was grounded at the jail by uh, certain gentlemen uh, from uh, the Pentridge Revolution.
3: Oh right, this is this was you see this jail is of ours is very famous. Um, we actually. Um, executed the three ringleaders from England's last armed revolution in
2: 1817. So, I, I have an interesting question, Is now, how long have you two been working with Richard?
4: We've been working with Richard for five years, but investigating the jail for nine years.
2: Okay. Nine years. Yes. Now, Richard, how long you have you had the jail? Oh, my goodness me. Uh,
3: do you know, this is awful. I don't know. <laughs> I, would, I would say probably 10, 10, 10 or 11 years, years. now. 12, 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> of course. It doesn't time fly when you're having fun. Okay. <laughs> so,
2: so, so, Richard, did you know that this, this gentleman was the, at the jail before you met uh, no. Chris and his wife? No, or... no,
3: no. Oh, far from it. No, I did not. Remember remember that, that the first time I ever saw a ghost was in Derby Jail um, at 20 past three on a Friday afternoon in November. Uh, but, it, but it wasn't... I mean, it didn't look like... I mean, I don't know what Blythe Simpson looked like. I'm, I'm sure Chris or Eleanor probably do, because they, I, I would imagine they've seen him. But I saw a grey, hazy shape. And, and I often wonder now, with everything that's going on, with, with the fact that, that he... He's a, whether it was him
0: that I well, saw. Well, I saw
4: him at twenty past three on the Saturday afternoon when we were closing up on our first visit to the jail for the paranormal team, and it was Mister Simpson doing exactly in exactly the same place you saw the grey haze. Wow! Will so,
3: in other know- words, in other words, does this mean that sort of in certain people's perception? In other words, I I only saw. Because my, my, my psychic ability, for want of a better word, is, is, is probably zero. Um, so I only saw, for whatever reason, a grey, hazy shape of a person with no features. But, but you being, obviously, um, a psychic medium, you know, having the powers, the ability that I don't have, saw him much clearer than I did as a person.
4: Yes. But you know the reports at the jail that happened just after you got it. The woman that saw the bald-headed gentleman with the sleeveless yes. leather jacket outside the window.
3: Yes.
4: Long before we started working there. Yes. That's Mr. Simpson.
3: Wow. Oh, long long he's now he's
4: taller than the tallest person in the room.
0: Remember, oh, oh. Used to be a blacksmith. Um, he still wears the leather apron and looks very similar. How he would have done in his days before he even worked at the jail.
3: Because what was his profession beforehand?
0: Blacksmith. <laughs> he was a blacksmith.
3: Oh well, this and that says I never knew that. I never realized. Ron, it's coming out tonight. It's coming. Uh, all the, the 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 revelations about David Jail and Mister Simms coming out. That was going to
2: be Richard. That was going to be actually one of my questions. Now, uh, from from your answers, I now realize that, that you haven't. But. Uh, so you accepted um, the two psychics' uh, word of who this person is and everything, but yeah. yet you, the historian, hasn't done the research on him? Is, is well, no, no, I mean, you
3: see, you see, no, I, I'll be honest, no, I haven't, I must be honest with you. I, I, I actually, because Chris and Eleanor, again, I've got, you know, the trouble is with me, I've got so much on my damn plate all the time, and, uh, so I never well, get around to things that are close to home. Right. I'm always too busy to be honest with you researching things either for other people or for other places that I go and and that sort of stuff and, and it's a bit like a decorator never finishes decorating his own home does he <laughs> true it's true, true isn't it or a I, builder never finishes the extension in his house he's too I, busy doing it for other people
2: i know i mean it, it's such a great point though because you are such a you know an awesome researcher and historian <laughs> that this would be yeah. ideal uh for you and it, i find it amusing that you haven't <laughs> And
3: I didn't even know that Blythe Simpson... I mean, they they have mentioned it, but he's gone over... I didn't realise that Blythe Simpson was a blacksmith. And the fascinating thing is that the number of reports from people that have actually seen this guy, a bald-headed chap, quite tall, um, wearing a leather sort of um, apron... Some people have described it as like a leather jerkin or body warmer... Um, in the jail, and, and until tonight, <laughs> I have actually never put two and two together, or Chris and Alan have just put two and two together, and we've just come up with four. Um, but I didn't see him, you see, I only saw this grey haze. That's interesting. But it's fascinating. I uh, say, and you heard it all first on Ghost Chronicles, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, now, Richard, yeah. I, 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 as a researcher, let's go back to your, your research on, I mean, uh, it would would it be possible to research a jailer from that time period?
3: Well, I mean, Chris and Eleanor have done quite a bit. He, he, I mean, there were there were. He was, you see, the thing is that the jailer it, it was it was a profession. It, it was um, you weren't the lowest of the low or anything like that. It was it was actually a franchise. You bought the the, the job or the title of jailer. You bought the jail or the, the, the right to, to run the jail from the council, and you made a profit out of it. You, you, you charged for everything from, from candles, uh, knocking the irons off before they left the jail. If they wanted extra straw in their mattress, uh, then they would pay you for it. And he also ran a sort of a, 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 had a tap, as it was called, or a bar, a license where he could sell them, um, well, wines and, wines and beers, um, and they could also lodge with the jailer. If you have got a bit of money, you could actually lodge in his sort of like his private apartments with him. Really? Oh yeah, so it was a it was a profession, wasn't it, guys, that, that he had?
4: Yeah, he didn't actually live in his apartments, he still lived in his blacksmith's business local to the jail. So he rented all his apartments in the jail out at all times. But he would sell them anything, including selling the male prisoners the company of a female prisoner.
2: Really? Yes. They've right I mean, they done the past- research. <laughs>
4: We've got a lot of research. He died just after he left the jail in 1793. He had children. He found out about the job because he was a blacksmith that used to come and put the shackles and remove the shackles from the prisoners.
3: How's it uh, that How's it?
4: He made that much money. He put his son through law school and his grandson built, had a house built opposite Shire Hall in St. Mary's Gate and became yeah, uh, Sheriff of Derby.
2: And oh, oh, a solicitor. Where are you getting that this information a... from? Is this research
4: that you two have done? Ourself and one of our colleagues, Paul James, we spent hours in the research library going through oh. old own books, original. We spent hours at it, the three of us.
3: Still, there's still a solicitors' firm in Derby called Taylor, Simpson and Mosley. Uh, solicitors. And of course, Mr. Simpson, uh, his, 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 what was his grandson?
4: It's, yeah, his son was a, a sheriff, was a, a solicitor. But it yes. is the St. Simpson family. So researched. Yeah, the one same she family.
3: Same family. same family. And I, I've, his gravestone um, is actually um, on the wall outside uh, Derby Cathedral um, with his family buried with him as well underneath the cathedral. Well, uh, wow. I, I managed to do that bit. I found that. But uh, quite an amazing story, Ron. And, and this, is, this is the fascinating bit when history and ghosts come together.
2: Oh, I think it's awesome. Uh I, I know we had someone on the show that was a little bit uh well I don't know, but uh, he, he kinda like poo pooed the history bit of it, a little bit of it. But uh Yeah,
3: it's not it's it's so so much part of Ghosts right. go- go- are history. Um, Ghosts are—you know—were once you and me, um, and were famous people and not so famous people. They were—they were prisoners. They were—they were people that were executed. They were jailers. You see, the reason I believe Blythe Simpson is still there is because it was his—it was the love of his life. Right. Thirty. What was it? Thirty-one years. Thirty-three
4: years. Thirty-three. Sorry? 33.
3: Thirty-three years. Yeah. And uh, uh, so you know he 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 ate slept, slept and drank the place, and 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 decided to stay. For what? why is he there, guys? Why is he still there?
4: Because he doesn't want to go to judgment to the other side, and he's decided that he's happy where he is. Is he he's
3: frightened not? of of what's going to happen to him?
0: Yes.
4: And if you try and tell him there's no judgment over there, he'll call you a, a an effing liar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: he has been. There but good yeah, Why should
3: he teach- believe me when he believes in the doctrines and teachings of the church? Hey, I'm getting back onto it again now. We'll change uh, the subject.
4: Exactly. <laughs> we think he's going with us when we go over, Richard. Or, oh, maybe he might even keep you company.
0: Oh, thanks a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> We're sure far away making sure you I, don't get back in the jail again, Richard.
2: I, I know, I know Richard will not be going over because he's definitely scared of what's on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: absolutely right. Yeah.
2: I don't know where
3: I, I don't. <laughs> I suppose I should stay here, won't I? Um, yeah, so I, awesome.
2: I actually have a question from the chat room for, for our guest. Uh, evidently, this this young lady, uh, Jen, went with you guys up to Dudley Castle, and she had a, a strange experience there, uh, where um, I guess she felt like she was someplace else with a little girl. I don't. I don't. I know you guy has so much. <laughs>
4: Yes, the little girl, there was a little girl holding a hand. She actually physically felt a hand in her hand. The little girl said that she looked very much like her mummy, and she was looking for a mummy, and she thought that the lady was her mummy, and she would actually holding her hand, and it's the only way we could get the little girl to talk to us, if she could hold mummy's hand. Really? Yes. Wow. And you actually saw, that I couldn't remember the lady's name, you actually saw her hand rising. Everybody else in the room saw the woman's hand rising very slightly. and uh, It just what, didn't look natural. It didn't look like she was faking and moving it, but it was freezing cold with the temperature under there.
2: That's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I like that stuff. I mean, it, that's the stuff you want. You want to see something, you know, you want to experience that. Uh, that that's simply amazing. So, uh, yes, yes. Richard. I mean, and and uh, Eleanor and uh, Chris. Uh, when you do these ghost tours and stuff, is there a lot of physical activity like that, uh, where you can uh, a, actually a person on the tour and everything experience something like that?
3: They get it. Yes. Tell tell them, guys. Tell them. Tell Ron. <laughs>
4: We get it a lot, yes. At the beginning of the night, we tell everybody the only thing we can guarantee is there's nothing fake. We don't use bells, whistles, motors or strings. We cannot guarantee activity. However, we've not had a night yet where we've had no activity. People do experience things. We believe that that's what they've come for. I won't tell them what tomorrow holds for them. I won't tell them the loved ones with them, but we'll help their loved one, let them know they're there by touching them or holding their hand or doing something that they remember their loved one by. And that's the way Chris and I work. Hmm.
3: So and they also ex- in- manufacture their own kit.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I know we're running out of time very quickly. Uh, what, what type of things do you have in your kit that you put together?
0: Well, perhaps one of the uh, most impressive toys we've got is a couple of round pieces of wood with a spring between them. And um, you put your finger on the top board, and it starts moving around.
3: Really? They call it, what do you call it, a
0: suspendulum? No, 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 a springulum. Yeah, the the suspendulum is something a little bit different, (laughs) which we only use at the jail at the moment.
4: Yeah, the springulum was, all the names were given to them by guests and customers on events.
3: Huh? and it's absolutely unbelievable it's, it's like a big it's like the sort of a, a spring that you'd have or used to have on the, on um, on a on a flex on an iron and, and it obviously and then there's this little small board on the top of it the spring yeah. down the middle and then the big board at the bottom and you put your fingers on this top and it and it moves but it nods to you it it, it almost gives the impression that it's nodding and saying yes it can, it can sort of it can shake its head and say no um and and, 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 and i yeah, we and it will bow to you as well. It, it, Ron, it, it, it's, it's amazing. You must, you, when, you, when you come over, you must come and have a session.
2: So it, it, I'm, I'm trying to envision this. There's a board in the bottom, a spring, a little board on top of the spring. And you, yeah. you put a finger, a couple fingers, uh, uh, how many people, one person. How's that work? Well, it's never
4: one. One person never works alone. You always okay. have more than one. We we tend to stick to about half a dozen, but as many as can fit around the table, I suppose.
2: And, and so you ask questions, and then supposedly it, it, it moves in a yes or no.
4: It moves for yes and stays still for no. Okay. But you can tell if it's being pushed because the spring jerks, and it's very it, – it's – very awkward to move when it jerks, but it flows so freely. And the weight just comes straight back up again, and uh, it's amazing to watch it.
0: But having said that, although it's a spring, it uh-huh. will actually lie down and not come up on its own. Really?
3: Oh, yeah. It's animated, if that's the right word. It really is. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. We need to get some, some footage on... Uh, uh, on something, on something, I <laughs> don't you know what you know. What I'm like on on YouTube or something, and let people see it because it's yeah. it, it's beyond belief.
2: We're almost, we're almost out of time, but I I, I know, oh. that, you know. I I can see that. I mean, for instance, I know that in uh, one investigation, we actually had a glass and we would do a glass divination, and the glass moved by itself with nobody's fingers on it. And I thought that was pretty amazing. So this 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 sounds you know very plausible, and it definitely. Uh, looks cool. It, it's, it's great, isn't it, guys?
3: Yeah, it, it is. is, yeah. all your own
2: invention. Well, well, yeah. guys, I hate to say this, but we are out of time. Do you have a, a website or anything you want to give up before we leave?
4: Uh, www.paranormalinvestigators.co.uk. One more time. www.paranormalinvestigators.co.uk.
0: Chris, Elena, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure for talking to us guys. See you very, very soon. soon. Bye. Bye.
2: Another one over, Ronald. Tune in next week with
0: Richard Tell.
2: Christmas ghost story. Good night. God bless. Stories
0: for Christmas.
1: Don't stories. miss it, guys. Tour with Philometa is on TogiNet, Tuesday mornings at eleven Eastern, ten AM Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss.